Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you. On a Friday morning, thanks for starting the weekend with us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, especially our servicemen and women taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brew Polo over in Tupelo. be a little weird, Robbie, if Brew Polo was in State Line. State line. Yeah. Where's that? State line is down in South Mississippi. If you, as the crow flies, it's kind of between Waynesboro and Leakesville. Okay. So, but it's not, is it really on the state line? Oh uh, yeah, it is. Okay. It is. It borders Alabama. Okay. On the, in, on the Eastern part of the state, you take 45 all the way down. You, you'll go to state line. Okay. There you go. I can dig it. Hey, I went past. Uh, I was I was with my dad on uh, uh, what's today Thursday. Yeah, we we're coming back from Greenville. Um, went to the Crystal Grill in Greenwood. Cannot recommend it enough. Great place. Yeah, we passed nails, and I said, you know, Brian, me and Brian were talking about nails, and outside, just outside of Tom Nolan Stewart area. And he says he he's really got to go see that. And my dad said, please let me go when y'all go. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Guy's not out. I'm down with it. Big daddy. I'm in. Let's go. All right. Well, wherever you are in our great state, from one state line to the other, you can get Strange Brew Coffee delivered to your door. Just got to go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com, order it for shipping. Whatever kind of coffee machine sitting on your counter right now, they've got coffee for it at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Father's Day is this weekend, guys. Happy Father's Day to you guys out there. Uh, Appreciate all that you do for the family. Hopefully, the family has appreciated you with some great new gear from College Corner. But if they haven't, well, just go get it yourself. Don't be afraid. Just get in there. We're not all waiting around for our wives to tell us what to do with the money these days. You know, we're just, we go out there and take care of our own business. So go to one of the two locations in the Jackson area. They're originally by Fleet Feet, they're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can always just shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Whatever kind of MSU merchandise you need to get, they've got it at College Corner. Humble Taco, Starkville's best Mexican restaurant right there on University Drive. Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. Your favorite Southern classics, fried chicken, fried catfish, smoked pork, uh, fried shrimp, all of that good stuff. They've turned it into tacos. I don't know how they did it. I don't know what possessed them to do it. I'm just glad that it happened. So next time you're in Starkville and you're thinking about something different, don't want to do the same old, same old. Why not a trip to Humble Taco, sit on the patio, have a margarita, have some awesome chips and salsa, and have some great tacos at Humble Taco. Great idea for lunch today is going to be Firehouse Subs. Download the free Firehouse Subs app. Place your order. It's ready within minutes. You pile up reward points, so you're eating sandwiches on the, the Firehouse Subs tab 
sooner rather than later. And also follow them on Twitter because they're always making great deals out there. They're always just, they come up with stuff just randomly. Like, hey, today, buy one, get one free. Hey, 30% off today. Just, just, they just do it. They're crazy like that. So follow them on Twitter at Firehouse Subs. Locations in Starkville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, uh, Floyd Madison. That's Firehouse Subs. Speaking of Oxford, Robbie, I have to be in Oxford today for, for a remote. It's an outdoor remote. We're going to be at M-Trade Park. Would you like... Oh, my God. What is your guess on the median of temperature? I'm going to say 98 point... It may, it may be body temp, 98.6. God, it was 98 degrees on Thursday mm-hmm. when I was in the Delta. And, oh, my Lord, dude, it's so hot. It's, it's significantly hotter than that. Yeah. It I, feels like 150. What I want them to do... if they have a freezer available there, is just take our chairs, right? You need four chairs. So for the first 40, 30, 40 minutes of the show, you got my chair in the freezer. The other chair I'm sitting on, it's been in the freezer. And then we just switch them out. Yeah, because they're they're going to sweat, first of all, and then they're going to melt completely within the first five minutes. So you better have that second one ready and on standby. And then it'll be the surface of the sun hot in those chairs. So you better have more than two probably. Yeah, I agree. All right. We got a good interview today. Talk to John Cohen a little later. We'll jump into that in just a minute. I hit on a bunch of topics uh, with him. I got to tell you, and if you go back and listen to this interview, Robbie, some very pointed comments about NIL. And that's what we're, we're going to talk about when we come back. But basically he, he, he's, he is very much, against the current status and stru- structure of NIL in term maybe not NIL as much although he, you know the he legislation about, well he talks about how this is you know it is it is once people got involved that it, it got away from what it was supposed to be but also the free agency uh, aspect of it that you know that doesn't even exist in pro sports there's free agency in sports but you have contracts you do have to work out right yeah. You know, you can't just jump up and leave every year. So some very pointed comments. Let's go ahead and go to that interview, and then we'll come back and talk about it. This is Mississippi State Athletic Director John Cohen, who joined me earlier today. It's always a pleasure to have a chance to talk to the top dog, the Director of Athletics at Mississippi State University, John Cohen, who, you know, you've been a busy man these, this, this week uh, with the Road Dogs Tour. You've been traveling the state with uh, the coaching staff, Coach Leach, Coach Jans, Coach Purcell, uh, there with you. When you do those meetings, you know, obviously you get up and you speak and you have a message for the fans. When you're done speaking and you're talking to the fans, what's their message to you right now? Yeah, it's been very supportive, which is, you know, obviously something that that we appreciate. You know, our fans are different. We um, that Our fans have to work a little harder. Our fans have to drive a little farther. Um, our, our fans have to bring in things like cowbells. I mean, it's, uh, it's a little bit more on our fans than I think other fans around the league, but that's what makes our fans so special. Um, we have a very, very devoted fan base that's very knowledgeable about all sports. And, um, you know, I, I think in a lot of ways, um, I'm in a unique situation here, Brian, because I, I, I am one of them. I am a graduate of Mississippi State University. I'm a fan, and I love this institution the same way they do. So I think we have so much in common, and that, that's why it's so much fun to go around the state and visit with these, these great folks. 
right now we're, we're seeing the rise of NIL. That is, that is the topic in, in college sports right this second. And you as a, as a man who's in, you know, one of your jobs is fundraising. You've got people who you want to do, donate to the Bulldog Club, but I know that you know that people need to start making a push for NIL and making donations there. How do you talk to fans about the balance? Like, look, we still need you to, to do this, but we also might need you to do this. Well, let's make it clear. I, I, I think I speak for a lot of athletic directors and a lot of administrators in the Southeastern Conference when I say um, name, image, and likeness is not a bad thing. Like, in its purest form, allowing kids to go out and personally make uh, money off their name, their likeness, off of their ideas, I think that there's no way we should ever stand in the way of that. What ha- happens is what has happened throughout the history of intercollegiate athletics. And I'm talking about 100 plus years is that once the adults get involved and the third parties get involved, it's no longer a, a great idea because it's tainted. Uh, and it's tainted in such a way, Brian, where it's no longer on the kids to go out and find a way, you know, to, to have the better idea or to use their own name, image, and likeness. It's about adults trying to make money off of, off of them um, and, and trying to work deals for them and, and probably doing things that are against state laws and NCAA rules. Um, so I think we're all kind of in a world right now where we, we want the perfect world where the, the young person, young man or woman has a chance you know, to go, go out and create some revenue for themselves. But at the same time, you know, the, the whole thing of, you know, transferring to the school who's the highest better, uh, you, you know, absolutely trying to create a, a, a pure form of free agency. I just, I mean, there's not a sport on this planet in which that has succeeded by going to a pure form of free agency, e- even the professional sports. Have, have not survived well on a free agent only system. And, and unfortunately, that's what we have right now. If I made John Cohen the commissioner of college football, what would be the first step you would take to try to bring some balance to this situation? Well, if you're talking about football specifically, the first thing I would do is try and get all the parties together and, <laughs> and create a 12 team playoff. And I think there's a <laughs> lot of folks who agree with, with that form. Um, and I know that we have a president. We're so fortunate to have a president here at Mississippi State who's just really gets intercollegiate athletics at a high level. Um, I, I think that's one thing I would do. I think the other thing I would do is really clarify some of the rules of the game to make it more simple for officials. I, I think we put so much on the officials and we're asking them to do things at times that are almost impossible. And I say that for all sports, really. Um, but, yeah, I, I, again, you're talking about football specifically, and NIL affects all of our sports. But certainly I would want to address that issue. I'd want to address the issue of name, image, and likeness and, and try and work to a system that's not purely based on free agency. Let's talk facilities for a minute, and we'll start over at Davis Wade Stadium where there, there's something going on on the west side, on, in the upper deck, and I've seen some things talking about it in terms of a, of a left-field lounge kind of atmosphere. Or, or, or just some sort of new, not your run-of-the-mill seating option that's going to be happening there. Can you give us some clarity of what's happening with the west side upper deck? 
Well, what we've seen uh, throughout the nation, and especially here at Mississippi State, is premium options are very appealing to our fan base. And this is another premium option, Brian. Uh, it is going to be on the west side in the upper deck. We're about to make some announcements about it, so I don't want to steal our marketing you know, department's thunder, but we have some really unique ideas. And you're right. One of the really special things about Mississippi State is the left field lounge. Um, our fans like being able to congregate. They like being able to be mobile. Um, they enjoy visiting. And we want to bring that type of atmosphere uh, to football as well. And we're going to use some upper deck spaces with some just some terrific views, uh, some vantage points that are outstanding. So, yeah, we're really excited about that. Of course, we just did a little bit more than $10 million worth of work, two brand new video boards on either end that are Dactronics and a ribbon board that goes all the way around the facility, you know, from the west side, you know, to the north end to the east side. So I, I think our fans are going to see some immediate differences in our football facility. And, you know, we're just starting to scratch the surface of the things we really want to do to a, to a pretty old facility uh, in football. It's one thing the Mississippi State does that's always stood out to me is, they make non-premium options feel like premium options with what they've done with, you know, we're back in the day with the sky dogs with on the East side upper deck. And now, now with this, you know, when you talk about Mississippi state's fan base and it's a little harder for Mississippi state fans sometimes, is, is that part of the marketing plan? Like this is what we have to work with. Let's make it. If, if we, if we can't change it, let's make it feel like it's changed. Yeah. I think we have to be creative. Um, again, at, at Mississippi state, it's never going to be only about money. We're very, um, fortunate that we're resourced, you know, at a very high level. And, and so we can do some things to make our fans more comfortable. I tell you, if you look at Duty Noble, just as an example, mm. you know, outside of the, the things that we've done to the Palmero Center, I'm not sure we made Duty Noble Field any better for the players in terms of their areas, in terms of their facilities. I think they're very comparable to what we had before. What we did is we reached out to our fan base and said, hey, we want to make this better for you. We want better views. We don't want you to have to sit on hot uh, bleacher seating in baseball. We want all of our seating to be more directed toward the playing surface and closer. And these are the things we want to do in all of our facilities. And um, it, it is about our support, our fans. Uh, they create the environment that's so special to our, our athletes. You did somehow turn it from a pitcher's park to a hitter's park, John. I don't know how you did that <laughs> motivations, but you did do it somehow. Uh, the hump is obviously coming along. Uh, the renovations are happening there. Once that happens, you know, Davis Wade finished up in 2014. Obviously, that's sort of an ongoing thing. You have to keep up with the Joneses there. Duty Noble is what it is. What's next on the list once the hump is done? Yeah, well, you know, we have a softball project that's somewhere between six and seven million dollars we're doing. You know, some really outdated uh, facilities in softball that we're trying to improve, you know, uh, state of the art locker room, hitting pitching facility for those guys, coaching offices. So we're very excited about about that. Of course, what a great season our softball team had so close to getting to the College World Series. But, you know, breaking down that barrier of getting to a super regional and hosting it was so special for for that program and for all of us. Um, yeah, so there, there's several uh, things we want to do in football. We need to address the south end zone. We're going to address um, 
our tread sizes uh, on the western side. Uh, we want to make it more comfortable for our fans. Um, it, it, it never ends, you know, because you just want to keep making it a better facility, you know, for your fans but and, and for your student-athletes as well. You're on this uh, this Road Dogs tour right now, and if we're talking about the hump, you know, that that get two new coaches in there uh, this this uh, season with uh, Chris Chan, Sam Purcell. What's been the reaction for those for the new faces with with our fans when you when you go down and you bring those guys out? Is it the most positive reaction that you could have hoped for? Or are fans excited for basketball, especially men's basketball? Because you know, as you and I both know, that has been a sport that is the excitement level hasn't been there the past couple of seasons. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, Chris Jans just has he has a great plan. He has a great vision, and of course, Sam Purcell has you know, incredible energy and vision as well. Those guys have already done a great job in the, the portal of attracting some elite talent. And, um, yeah, I, I, they've been very well received around the state. Um, I think the one of the things that the fans see is they just shoot straight. They're transparent and they're all in. And, I, again, there's a, a vibrancy, there's a uh, an energy to them that I, I think is immediately noticeable to our fans. Big picture question to finish this up here, John. You know, obviously we talked about NIL and, and college athletics is always a very quick changing landscape, but it feels like it's changing faster than it ever has before. What's the biggest challenge this university faces over the next five years? Yeah, you, you know, I, I think it's not just Mississippi State. I, I think the, the entire structure of college athletics, where will it be in five years? I think that's a challenge for us. Um I, I think a challenge for us is every SEC school at this point is battling the living room and the TV set. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, we're, we're very fortunate that we have a great partnership with ESPN and the network and, um, and currently CBS. But, I mean, when you look at that, what those guys, what, what, what those entities can do to present a picture of an athletic event is pretty amazing. And we're trying to get people to show up and our people have to travel a little farther than, than other places. So um, I, I, you know, we have an opening day weekend, six thirty start against, uh, against Memphis. And, you know, we would absolutely love to, for the house to be filled for that. I'm very hopeful that it'll be a tremendous crowd, but if you're asking me about the next five years, I, 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 I would hope that the free agency is over. You know, Brian, I've heard you guys say this on your own show, and I said this a long time ago. You know, free agency doesn't even exist in Starkville Little League. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, there's what we have set up is a system in which those who have, you know, the most dollars have an incredible advantage. But that doesn't mean they're going to take advantage of that opportunity. Um, but a lot of the things that are happening now were illegal at one point. And the, the fact that, the, that it's not illegal anymore means that a lot of third parties out there are going to really push the, the limits of this. And I just, it's hard for me to believe that this is good for the student athletes or the sports that they play. So I, that, that's the part of the next five years that has me the most concerned is it has been proven over and over again, even in professional sports, that free agency doesn't work. And I think we, we, we need to fix that. Interesting stuff. John Cohen, Director of Athletics, Mississippi State. Thanks so much for taking some time out to talk with me today. Thank you, Brian. You got it, bud. All right, thanks to John. Appreciate his time.
Robbie, let me ask you just straight up. I think you agree with him. I think you are a, a big believer that the current structure of NIL is both a what's the word I'm looking for here? Unfeasible. It's not something that can can be maintained for a long period of time. And also, I think you believe that the current structure, the way it is right now, long term is probably detrimental to Mississippi State. Yes, it's not anything that Mississippi State can compete in. Um, and I, you know, it's it's kind of ridiculous to where it is right now. I mean, we're talking about. I mean, the stuff came out about Mosley. Apparently, he's getting paid. Isaiah Mosley is apparently getting paid two hundred fifty thousand dollars in receiving a house and a car. I mean, guys, what are we doing here? And I like Isaiah Mosley a lot, but that dude is not worth $250,000 plus probably another $250,000 house plus, what, 20, 20-something thousand dollar car? I mean, I don't know. I mean, you're talking about – it's he's easily over $500,000 that you've spent on this guy that's basically – not to, not to uh, borrow the Arkansas radio guy's term, but he's basically a rental player for one year. Right. He's being used by Missouri for one season, and that's it. And you spent five hundred thousand dollars on him. Yeah, Th- this is what I mean whenever I say we're we're wasting people are wasting money when they spend money on on players like this. This is just this is not sustainable, and it's only going to get worse. It's like the contracts that we're paying coaches in college uh, football right now, especially. You're paying coaches. I mean, Mike Leach is getting paid five million dollars to be average, actually below average. He has a losing record overall at this point and that's the market value i mean that's how much it costs for a good coach in the sec these days um and you might not nobody's going to get the results that they want when you're paying a guy like that and you're and you're barely going to a bowl game mm-hmm. so i mean then the, it's really it's not even just nil and all that stuff it's the entire landscape of college sports right now is just kind of fractured with this stuff but here's the other thing that i'll say um, and to John Cohen's thoughts on this, you gotta you gotta do it. Yeah, that's the other you problem. You can't just right. ignore it. I mean, Mississippi State could sit here and say, you know what, we're not going to stoop to this level. We're not going to play pay players um, with nil money. We're not going to stoop to this level. This is ridiculous. Well, then you become Vanderbilt. Then you become uh, right that right what you, what you don't want to be a team that's got you know four or five wins every single year. You're completely irrelevant. The laughing stock of college football. That's what you become if you do not invest in NIL. And that's unfortunately this is the way the system is is made right now. You have to get involved in this. You have to the boosters have to get uh, money out to the Bulldog Initiative and crowd push and all that stuff. Or Mississippi State's going to be completely irrelevant. They're not going to be able to, to spend thirteen million dollars whatever Ohio State and Alabama and teams like that are doing, but they're never going to be able to compete with them on that kind of level. Where you want to be, you want to be middle of the pack in the SEC and inching closer to you know the upper part of it, at least the top six, five or six. If you can live in that place, you're going to be pretty darn good. And I don't even know if Mississippi State can live there, but you can't be at the bottom. Yeah, You've got to make sure that you do not become irrelevant or it's over. And for Mississippi State, I mean, right now, they are not, you know, completely relevant in college football. But they're going to they're going to bowl games every single year. They're last year they they were 500 in the league. 
that's a good spot for Mississippi State to be in. And they can, they can you know, elevate from that spot. They can have years like you and I have talked about where they are competing for the SEC West, where they're winning 10, 10 games. If you're living right there, then you can compete uh, every other year or every two or three years. But you don't want to get to the, the point where you are basically another non-conference game for some of these SEC schools. One of the other things that John talked about with me, obviously, was facilities. And obviously, you know, I, I get that he has, you know, they have an announcement coming on this, this West Side. Expansion is not the right word. Renovation. I don't know if that's the right word either. But what they're doing with the West Side Upper Deck, I cannot for the life of me, and from what I've read and what I'm seeing, wrap my head around what this is going to look like. I, I, I just, I, I cannot, like, I can't get it into my brain. Like, so it's going to be, you know, like they're standing up up there and there's like, there's like loft spots or lounge spots. Obviously they're not well, going to let you bring a grill up there, but like, I, I can't know, wrap my head around it. I'm looking I mean, forward to this announcement just so I can see it. They don't have to stand up in those rigs in the left field lounge. I mean, they have chairs. Right. I mean, here's how I picture it. And I could be completely wrong on this. And we're supposed to, to see, when I say we, the media is supposed to see some renderings at some point. Right. Probably before the bulk of the fan base. What I'm picturing is in certain spots in the upper deck, not the entire upper deck, I don't think, but certain spots will have these rig type things, um, you know, maybe decorative or whatever. And I imagine that there's going to be chairs where you can sit, but you have basically your own box. You're sitting in your own box. It's almost like a, a club level in, in the higher part of the um, stadium. So that's what I picture whenever I'm thinking about this. And I think that's that could be close to what they're doing. I could be completely wrong. We'll find out soon enough, I guess. I think that's probably going to be what's going to happen. Yeah. Interesting stuff from John. I really appreciate him uh, taking some time out of the day uh, to talk with us. Obviously, part of the so week. he didn't he didn't mention like any details about any of the facilities or he kept it under under wraps because he said that marketing has got a, a, a an unveiling coming. And he didn't want to give that away. So yeah, I tried. I tried. They, they've they've definitely been really tight lipped about this. Close to, the, I, close to the chest on this for for whatever reason. And, I mean, we're closing in here. Um, we're trying to sell tickets. We're yeah. closing in on the season. I mean, it's got to come out at some point pretty soon. The first game is 79 days away. But here, here's what I'll say, Brian, about th- th- this stuff. I mean, there's a lot of people criticizing it, and I understand. I understand criticizing this. It's a very weird concept. Mississippi, State's, Mississippi State needs to do stuff like this. They need to be out of the box on some of this stuff. Is this the right concept? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen it to really speak on that. But Mississippi State needs to have some cool spots around the stadium that you can uh, enjoy a ball game because it's tough to sell tickets right now, and especially in the upper deck. I mean, it's, it's got to be difficult to sell those tickets. You're trying to sell as many tickets as possible. Eventually, this stadium's going to lose capacity by probably, you know, 8,000 seats, I would imagine, in the next few years. And so it's going to become more of an experience for Mississippi State over time than it is just getting people in the stadium. I think that's the way you have to do now because 
a lot of people that I talk to, they just want to watch the game on TV. And you get to sit there, you get to have a beer, you get to grill, sit on your couch in the air conditioning, watch a game that, quite frankly, you have, you know, you have the access to replays, you have a better experience on your big screen TV in a lot of situations. It's just right now, the experience at home is better than being at a stadium for a lot of people. I know you haven't listened to the interview, but that is exactly what John Cohen said. He said, we are competing against the living room. So it's just, and I'm not, and I'm not like, I'm not toting water for Mississippi state. I haven't talked to John Cohen. So I don't, I hope people don't think that I'm just repeat, just regurgitating things he said. I I haven't talked to John Cohen, but that's really how I feel too, is the state has to be, has to be smart about how they're getting people in the stadium. That's basically the question I asked him. I said that Mississippi State does a good job, I feel, of making non-premium areas feel like premium areas. And that's that's, that's what they're side. that's that's what they're doing here with this upper deck. Right. right. So interesting stuff. So thanks again, John. Appreciate appreciate him coming on uh, with us. Let's move to the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef it's what's for dinner. This weekend, look, if you want to stay in and cook, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say anything against you. It's hot. All right. If you want to cook a couple of steaks on inside and cast iron, might, might be the best idea. But if you do brave the elements, people up north about braving the elements, they mean the snow. Down here, we mean this heat. You want to go outside and fire up the grill, throw some steaks on there, make it worth your while. Get a couple of big ribeyes, a couple of fillets, make it happen. Malcolm Reed had a great video today, smoked a whole beef tenderloin on his pellet grill. That thing looked fantastic. Also, so many options when you're talking about beef. And, of course, it's a great product here for our local Mississippians, 15,000 of them producing beef in our state. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats. I, uh, I have an inside source. You can probably guess who it is. At Two Brothers who let me know that there's a uh, – we were talking about off-menu items the other day. There might be one coming soon. To, to oh, that involves beef, no less. A little brisket sandwich with some some accoutrements. I'll let you know more off the air. I can't. Whoa, whoa, I, can't I may have said too much already, to be honest with you. You have my you have my attention, sir. We'll talk about that after the show, man. Anytime you go, but like I've said before, when you're talking about two brothers, what's on the menu is already awesome. So check them out. Head to the Cotton District. Enjoy yourself. Have a great time at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products and great service. It's a promise every business makes their customers. It's easy to tell who really delivers on that, though. Ask them how long they've been in business. And if they say 47 years, you probably got a winner there. That's what Advantage Business Systems does. They treat their customers like neighbors. They are a Mississippi business. You are a Mississippi business. They want to work with you and make sure that your business grows just alongside them. Call them today and put them to work for you. That number is 601-362-9192. Or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. You know what time it is. Robbie Falk, there are sometimes you look at a player, you look at a guy, and you're like, okay, I can sort of tell you what he, I think he's going to play. And if you show me a guy who's six foot four and almost 200 pounds, cornerback would not be the position that I would tell you he's going to play. But that's apparently where Kelly Jones, the newest Mississippi State commitment, is going to get a, a first chance at 
when he arrives on campus. Clarksdale, Mississippi, another Delta guy. We were talking about the Delta and those players just the other day. 6'4", 195 pounds. This is another guy who was at the big dog or the top dog camp on Friday, so the coaches got to see him up close and personal and obviously thought very highly of him. Tell us a little bit more about him. Did you have a chance to see him yourself uh, when you when you went to camp? I did. He was one of those guys that we discussed shortly after some guys that kind of stood out at camp. I thought he was really impressive just from a, a physical standpoint and also a competitive standpoint. He was that guy that I mentioned I really liked the fact that he was jumping back to the front of the line, wanting to compete in one-on-ones against his wide receivers, breaking the line. It's one of those situations where, like, you're okay with somebody breaking line because mm-hmm. uh, it shows he really wanted to compete when a lot of those other guys were just kind of hanging back, not really wanting to get up there and, and be challenged. But he did, a, he did a really good job. He got beaten some plays, and he won some plays. But that's a guy that just – he wanted to get, get there and get better. He had something to prove because he wanted Mississippi State to throw that offer at him. He got it, and that's where he wants to be. I mean, this this Delta class, and really, you know, the states had success in the Delta over the years, but Absolutely. this group, this group especially, just seems to really want to play at Mississippi State. I mean, there's, and it's a it's a group that really fits that Mississippi State mentality, that blue collar mentality. Get out there and work. I mean, there there was like eight of them at that uh, top dog camp. They just wanted to come work, you know, and they they got uh, one Delta guy earlier this week. They got another one this week, and there could be a, another one on the way pretty soon as well. So I, I'm i still of the opinion that he doesn't end up at cornerback. I, I, can't, I can't help but agree with you. There's no way. Too big. I, just don't, I just don't see it. And, I, I mean, I could be proven wrong on this, but people tried to sell me on Dylan Lawrence being cornerback, and we saw how that worked. I will say just this. don't see it. If a 6'4 kid can play cornerback in the SEC and be good, he'll be the number one overall pick in the draft. Oh, yeah. That's something – I mean, it's just a freak of nature. So we'll I see. mean, that's like uh, – you know, that's like something LSU would be able to pull yeah. off. Here's what I'm going to say about the, the, this class so far. When you look at this class, when you look at the state of Mississippi and how well Mississippi State seems to be doing, and it looks like they're going to pick up a lot of these kind of kids – these mid-three-star kids that, quite honestly, State has made a living off of for the past decade. This is the kind of class I think that maybe Mike Leach needs to have that, that's just full of Mississippi guys that, can, that, that understand playing at Mississippi State. A lot of these guys would have probably grown up Mississippi State fans because they grew up in the most successful period of Mississippi State history. And they've seen guys come out of the Delta – Guys like, I mean, Elton Jenkins from Clarksdale and JT Gray and uh, Bernardrick McKinney and, and guys like that have success at Mississippi State, so they know that path is there for them. So I'm not call, saying that, you know, this is the, the first step of, you know, this is the kind of class that Mississippi State's going to put together in a few years. They're going to be contending for the college football playoff. But what I would say is this, and I, we got into this discussion with Richard on today's Sports Talk Mississippi, and we were talking about, recruiting and, and how the, you know, honestly, you look at these guys and their offer sheets aren't very impressive. And you never know. You never know how it's going to turn out. One, just because it happened once doesn't mean it's ever going to happen again. Just because it's never happened doesn't mean it can't happen now. But State's 2011 class was so thoroughly panned and everybody hated it. I mean, everybody hated it. And people talked about it and, you know, oh, this is the kind of class that gets you fired. I seem to remember uh, at least one, uh, 
former recruiting writer talking like that. But it ended up being the class that, I mean, State built around. P.J. Jones, longtime starter. Obviously, Dak Prescott, Josh Robinson, Bernardrick McKinney, Darius Slay, Kendrick Market was a, what, three-year starter for Mississippi State. Tavest Calhoun's in this class. Preston- Kendrick Market was the guy that, you know, after um, Nick Brazel, was it Nick Brazel that was number yes. one player in the state? Yeah. And Dan Mullen said, so somebody questioned him on that about not getting Nick Brazel or whatever, and he said that they, they thought they had the best player in the state, which – Kendrick might not have been the best player in that class out of the state, but he had a significantly better career than Nick Brazel did. Absolutely. And this is the class that Mississippi State fans will remember that fell apart. C.J. Johnson flips and, and Jermaine Whitehead goes to Auburn. Brazel ends up at Ole Miss. You don't get Tobias Singleton. You think you're just panicking. And then you look back four years later in the number one team in the nation. Yeah. So, and, that, and that group had almost everything to do with that. Yeah. So when, you, when I start seeing a class full – of underrated Mississippi guys, I start feeling pretty good about it. So I feel like those are guys that can make a difference. They'll play with a chip on their shoulder. They are classic Mississippi State football players. Would I like to have a class full of four- and five-star guys? Absolutely I would. And so would Mike Leach. But I feel confident in these guys. And the other thing I like is these last two guys, Dante Kelly, Kelly Jones, they were at this camp. So you're talking about you got a face-to-face personal evaluation. You saw them. You have to trust your evaluations, right? Yeah. If those guys come to camp and you see them and you're like, okay, they can play, you have to trust that. Otherwise, what are you doing? You know, you can't just sit there and look at the uh, the offer sheet. You can't just listen there and look at twenty four seven and say, okay, well, he's rated highly. I got to go get him. You got to actually evaluate these guys. And 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 if you're a fan, you kind of kind of trust in this. And Mike Leach has made a living doing it. He did it at Texas Tech. He's done it at Washington State. And I, I feel pretty confident he's going to do it at Mississippi State. Well, I think what too what the staff has learned in the last couple of years, and maybe camps have have changed this for them, because if you remember that twenty twenty one class, you couldn't evaluate like any of those guys in person, so they were going out and getting guys from Florida, and you know Nick Mitchell, he might end up being great, and Deontay Anderson, I think both those guys are actually going to help Mississippi State this year, but you know some of those guys are not even here anymore that are in that class from out of state. Last year, you saw what they did. Mm-hmm. Travion Williams, Jacarius Clayton, uh, Khalid Moore, Don Terry Russell, mm-hmm. uh, Avery Sledge, Calvin Dinkins, all these guys from the state of Mississippi, they, they started to see, hey, we can go get these guys in the state of Mississippi that are playing at these 2A schools, these 3A schools. We can win a lot of games with these guys. Travion Williams, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this shot out here. Travion Williams will be a first or second round draft pick when he's gone from Mississippi State if he stays the course. And that's the guy that was at Crystal Springs last year. Pro- I mean, just a, a guy that's just kind of, you know, he doesn't really care about the recruiting process. He doesn't really care about the spotlight, but he is a freak. And they are guys under stones all over the state of Mississippi just like that. And they might not look like he does right now, but in three years they might. And, I, I mean – I feel a lot better about Mississippi State going out and taking guys like uh, Dante Kelly and Kelly Jones, guys that have grown up in the Delta, that have gotten out of the mud, that are looking to prove themselves, that are blue-collar guys. And, and 6'3", 205 doesn't hurt either, or 6'4", right. 200, that don't hurt either. 
Right. I feel much better about that than these cornerbacks that they take from Tennessee or Alabama. Mm-hmm. I like this class right now. And the whole class, with the exception of Seth Davis at this point, is Mississippi guys. Gets, and more Mississippi gets coming. And you're setting your anchors in. And there's been there was a discussion on the board about <clears throat> the difference between Ole Miss and Mississippi State right now. Ole Miss is kind of hanging their hat on the portal. And that's fine. If you can go out and get those guys and those guys can make a difference, then you're ahead of the curve. But you're also pissing off a lot of high school coaches in the state of Mississippi. I've talked to a lot of them that are not happy with how Ole Miss is handling things right now. And I would rather continue to build those relationships in-state when another Jeffrey Simmons pops up or another Charles Cross, somebody like that. And I think Mississippi State's done a good job. And um, listen, like guys like Ty Jones, they're not being talked about right now. I just I, I want you guys to just wait and see what this dude's going to turn into because – He's a freak. Malik Ellis is a freak. Joseph Head's a freak. I like this. I like this uh, crew so far from Mississippi State. Yeah, we'll see where it goes, but it looks like it's going to be a very interesting class for Mississippi State. Who I think, like I said on yesterday's show, is going to do it the old school way. They're going to build from high school and use the portal to just sort of fill gaps uh, as they need them, and then we'll see how that works out for them uh, long term. All right, Robbie, and I'll be back on uh, on Monday. Maybe some more recruiting news. Uh, maybe a few other things. I don't know. Figure it out. SEC previews next week. Uh, we will do. Who did we say we were doing? We're doing. It was it was Vanderbilt, right? Mm, yeah, because we want to just go ahead and get that over with. Cannot wait to dive in, talk about the mighty Commodores, and then we will have an SEC opponent. I'm sorry, an opponent preview. That will be the Georgia Bulldogs. So we'll get somebody on to talk with us about Georgia, about the defending national champions. Let me go ahead and tell you, defending national champions. Not all it's cracked up to be. Got to be careful. Uh, beyond that, we'll figure it out as we go. So guys have a great weekend back with you very soon. Have a great father's day. Uh, if you're a dad out there and we'll talk to you again very soon. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian. Hey dad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.